Hello, fellow Rebel Capitals. Hope you're well. Wanted to go over a story I just saw on CNBC and kind of explore the idea, how might the economy boom in 2023? We talk about the yield curve on this channel all the time. We talk about the extremely high probability that we have an economic recession in 2023. But I've always tried to think through how I could be wrong. How could my base case be incorrect? It is how could the yield curve be wrong this time? Why would it be different this time? And I've, I mean, it comes to the point where it's really hard to think or hard to imagine how we could not go into recession, but obviously no certainties, right? So let's go through this story on CNBC and see if we can maybe think through this and come to some conclusions. I think if I had to, I mean, my best argument right now for there not being a recession in 2023, let alone an economic boom, would be that everyone thinks there's going to be a recession. And you guys that have watched my channel for quite some time, you know that whenever I see a lot of people start agreeing with me, I, I get I don't like that. that. That makes me very, very uneasy, very uneasy. And I, I'm, I'm trying to think back to when we had the last inversion of the yield curve because I was definitely paying attention to, to macro back then. And, but I, I don't know that I was paying attention to it like I am today, like on a daily basis and like on FinTwit and uh, CNBC zero hedge to determine you know what side of the boat everyone was on back when the yield curve inverted was everyone I, I don't know I don't know but I think that would be my number one answer as to why we will not have a recession or why we might have an economic boom because everyone's on one side of the boat and usually when everyone's on the one side of the boat the opposite actually happens so anyway let's go through this article and see if we can really come to some conclusions here, maybe put some pieces of the puzzle together. And this is basically what the article is saying, that everyone thinks there's a recession. Prior to seeing this article, I thought, well, maybe it's just the people in kind of the macro space. But that's a small group. It's not like you can't just sit there and look at like Brent Johnson, Jeff Snyder, Lynn Alden, um, you know, Chris McIntosh, uh, Luke Groman, as an example, and say, oh, well, if, if these people, if their base case is we go into recession, well, that's everybody. But So those are the only people that I really interact with. So to me, that's everyone. <laughs> but I don't think they represent the average Joe and Jane. But now that I'm seeing this article, may, maybe they do. Maybe they do. And, and that has me really second guessing my, my base case. Although, I still just can't see a way to thread that needle. But but let's go through this article. Key talking, well, first of all, why everyone thinks a recession is coming in 2023. Economists have penciled in a recession in their forecast for, for next year, but views vary on the timing and severity. Okay, and again, I, I kind of remind people that Q1, Q2 is negative real GDP. What they do agree on is the Fed interest rate policy will be will trigger a recession while it was the central bank that rode to the rescue during the last two downturns. <laughs> rode to the rescue. You know, if I'm trying to be as generous as possible, I'd say, okay, they, they prevented a crisis 
at the expense of making it worse over the mid to long run. And that's if I'm being really generous here. Usually a recession sneaks up on us. CEOs never talk about recessions, said economist Mark Zandi. And see, again, I've, I've got a limited data set because I, I remember 2018, but prior, like the last, like 2008, like I just was not thinking about this stuff at all. I wasn't paying attention to it. So I just, I don't know if, if back in 2008, there was a similar amount of people. And then again, how does the internet impact this, right? Because I mean, how many people would think that we're going into recession if there was no internet or there's no Twitter or, or uh, even maybe Instagram, you could argue, Facebook. So I, I don't know. He says CEOs never talk about recessions. And again, I, I, don't, I don't have anything to compare it to, but I have a hard time believing that there was no CEOs in 2008 that were actually talking about a recession after the yield curve inverted. I find that one hard to believe. Said uh, economist Mark Zandi of Moody's, now it seems CEOs are falling over themselves to say we are falling into a recession. Every person on TV says recession. Every economist says it. I've never seen anything like it. This guy has more experience than I do. And, and this is why, as far as my base case being a recession, which I've had this, and it's been my view for who knows how long, long, long time. But now I'm like, hmm, boy, I really don't like the fact that it seems like everyone's on the same side of the boat. Recession often takes everyone by surprise, but does it though? I mean, does it take everyone that's looking at the bond market by surprise? I would just have a hard time believing that back in 2008 or seven, when the bond market was really, really inverted, that there was just no one and this just caught everyone by surprise. Now, maybe the housing market being the catalyst, the the mortgage-backed securities, maybe that took everyone by surprise, but I don't think that there's just nobody that was expecting a recession because I don't have the chart in front of me, but if my memory serves me well, there's a pretty, pretty significant inversion back in 2008, 2009. Economists have been forecasting a recession for months now. The only thing that's up for debate is whether it's going to be shallow, long, short, but the idea of the economy is going to into a period of contraction is pretty much the consensus view. So going on down this article, I briefly scanned it. And the, the pushback, I think, from this Zandi fellow is he actually believes that, yes, it's true. There are a lot of economic indicators that would be pointing towards a recession, but he believes the Fed can thread the needle and that if they engineer this soft landing, we'll call it, and if they can do that while bringing down, you know, the supply chains kick in, they bring down inflation to, let's say, uh, three, four percent, maybe even two percent, and then yes, they have to increase rates a couple more times, but that just takes the unemployment rate from three point seven, let's say up to four, and all that's that's not great. It's not a, a disaster, and uh, because unemployment rate doesn't get above four percent, then uh, the Fed threads the needle, and we just sail through twenty twenty three, where we might not be booming. Uh, but at least we're not in a recession, and uh, I'm sure then all, but all, then all the pundits will come out and uh, say that the economy is booming again, just kind of like they did last time. But I, I guess that is a possibility. And but see, for me, that depends on the bullet effect, because I totally get it. If unemployment stays at, at below four, 
that this is definitely a possibility. But I, to, to me, that would require the layoffs ending right now. Like this, like again, going back to that video I did the other day with Amazon, where in 2019, they had 800,000 employees and now they have 1.6 million. It's like, whoa, I mean, and that's just stimmy demand. So I just, how much longer can that last? I don't know, maybe money does grow on trees. Maybe we just have infinite demand and people's checking accounts are, are never going to go down ever again. And uh, this level of demand will be sustained indefinitely into the future. But it just, it, it seems like right now we're kind of defying the laws of, of physics. Or we're just defying the laws of checking account balances. <laughs> Maybe that's a better way to, better way to say it. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Also, the bull-up effect, plus if you do have even 4 or 5% inflation, you have nominal wage growth start to come back down. Combine that with a lack of purchasing power because inflation is going up higher than the nominal rate of wages. I mean, my goodness. And then just the layoffs. and there's, there's, I'm, One of the main reasons I'm going through is because there's got to be something I'm not seeing here. There, there's got to be a bull argument that I'm just not seeing. And I just want to make sure that I'm not becoming more and more confident in my base case as a result of just everyone else saying it, right? And then you just kind of get that confirmation bias. Usually, yeah, usually recession. Okay, Fed causing it this time. Ironically, the Fed's slowing the economy after it came to the rescue. Uh, Central bank helped stimulate lending by taking interest rates to zero and boost it. See, this again. Oh, man. I don't want to go off on a tangent, but um, okay, they helped stimulate lending by taking interest rates to zero. I'm not going to totally dispute that, but I don't think stimulate is probably the word to do it. They prevented lending from going down even further. <laughs> I think that might be a better way to describe it here because I, you know, I've got to just start calling these people out when they're just saying these things over and over and over again, that people just assume that they're true because they're said so many times. I've got to start calling those things out. So that's going to be one of my New Year's resolutions. So uh, that said, um, yeah, they, they could have, quote unquote, helped lending. Let's say that. Um, but just because they brought it down to zero doesn't mean that, yeah, see, boosted market liquidity by adding trillions of dollars in assets to its balance sheet. 
and now it's unwinding. Yeah, so it's this just same thing that uh, QE creates liquidity as if somehow treasuries aren't liquid in and of themselves. But I don't want to get caught up in that again because that's just that's really been frustrating lately. So uh, bottom line here is yes, we can get cheap money, but just because money is cheap doesn't necessarily mean it's loose. I think as as prudent investors, we need to distinguish between the two because in that case, details really do matter. But in those last two recessions, policy, policymakers did not need to worry about high inflation. Okay, good point. Yeah, very good point. But this isn't uh, really a point on how we might not go into a recession. The transmission mechanism we were going to see work throughout the first and the beginning of the next year, we'll start to see some significant margin compression in corporate. Okay, another bolt, a bear argument. How bad will it be? However, factors are not severe enough. Okay, hoping for a short, shallow one, but hope ter- uh, springs eternal. The good news is we should be able to recover from it quickly. So, so why is this? Let, let's hear this argument. We do have good balance sheets, and you could get a response to lower rates once the Fed starts easing. Fed-induced recessions are not balance sheet recessions. Okay, um, let's try to look at the glass half full here. <laughs> uh, the, yeah, yeah, you could say that, that when the Fed raises rates, it doesn't necessarily you know, just completely wipe out the balance sheet for the uh, private sector, is what they're talking about. So when the rates do come down, once we see some disinflation, then the balance sheet for the average consumer looks pretty darn good. And when they do get those cheaper rates, since the balance sheets look good, then they can go out and spend, and the economy just kind of picks up right where it left off. And we don't really skip a beat. We might go down a little bit, but we definitely don't go down into a recession. Like that's the argument. Um, I don't know. From from what I've seen, I, I think the any type of recession, whether it's Fed induced or not, can definitely impair the balance sheet, especially if you see housing start to come down. And we've seen the stock market come down by what 10, 15%, goes down another 20 or in super bear market territory. I, I just I don't know how that doesn't impact the the balance sheets. But Let's, uh, that, I think, would be a bull argument. The balance sheets, as of right now, are pretty darn good. Fed reversal, I th- this is just about interest rates. So that's really goes back to the bull argument here, that if you want to kind of think through how we might avoid a recession or maybe even see some significant economic growth in 2023, I think it really is dependent upon a soft landing engineered or or maybe the fed just gets lucky you know they fail forward or something but a a soft landing where they can kind of ease off on rates bring them back down while we get this disinflation and that uh somehow we don't have as significant a bullwhip effect as i think we might and because we have this excess or because the balance sheets look pretty darn good then see, I, think, I think that balance sheet, the reason it looks good is because of stimmy checks. And once you have that negative real wage growth impact checking accounts, I think those stimmies are gone. Then the purchasing power goes back down less than it was in 2019. Which is George, maybe uh, that yeah. takes longer than you think, though, because earlier I was in the sauna and there was probably six or seven people in there, all wildly different ages. And every single person was talking about the vacation they're going on this this year, every single person was saying that they have a vacation planned in January. And that was six or seven different people, all different age groups. So maybe what you're talking about is right. People still do have more stimulus money, but it won't cool off as quickly as we may perceive. 
Yeah, and and they probably all have jobs because yeah. the unemployment rate is super low. So, you know, they've got some nominal wage growth. Uh, they've got stimmies that you know things don't look too bad. They have uh, seen some consumer price inflation, but it hasn't impacted them greatly because you know maybe they don't have that many expenses because they're living at home, and uh, so it just hasn't hit them that hard. So they've got some extra spending money. Uh, I, so I guess. My pushback there, my concern would be the bullwhip effect. And and yes, we are in a labor shortage, but what happens if we go to a labor surplus? And I think that can happen pretty darn quick. But I guess those are two sides of the coin and uh, maybe food for thought. And hopefully you can get kind of a bullish argument there to reconcile with maybe a, a bearish view you may have to have an edge and, and come to some better conclusions for 2023. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.